And there's a bunch of Jonas running around here on this planet, I believe, that's so mm-hmm. messed up and twisted because... Like in the church, you're saying... Oh, I'm talking yeah. specifically in the yeah. church. I'm not talking about people out of the church because yeah. it makes sense for them to have that rationale, right? Yeah, that's true. If I wasn't in Christ, like when somebody killed my father, I wanted to go kill them dudes. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no confession, repentance, redemption, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. No, it was unrest in my heart. Mm-hmm. Just like the saying goes, unforgiveness is like drinking poison waiting on your enemy mm-hmm. to die. Like, mm-hmm. I was all about wanting to kill them dudes, and them dudes didn't even probably know I existed. What's up, y'all? My name is Lewis Dooley. This is my brother, Sam Key. Welcome to another episode of BS Faith, a.k.a. Bumper Sticker Faith. So, um, man, it's always great to be with y'all. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing well. How, like you always ask me, how's your week been? <laughs> my week? Uh, yeah, it's been okay. It's been okay, <laughs> It's been right. okay. No, yeah. no anecdotes to share. Oh, we do have some stickers, though. Man, wait yeah. a minute. What is that? We got some... some that ain't no BS. Yeah, for your car. You for seen your the, car. You've seen cars, you know, driving around and they have like uh, 26.2 to show that you've run a marathon yeah. or uh, LBI for like the islands or whatever you've been to. Uh, kind, they're vanity stickers. So this is vanity sticker too. Cool, nice, <laughs> Bumper man. sticker. Yeah, so um, if anybody watches this, if anybody wants one, I mean, I... We'll mail you one, no matter where you are in the country. I can't say world, but I want to. I don't know if I know how to mail something out of the country, <laughs> but um, but we'll mail you one, um, just to put on your car, and uh, or your computer, yeah, or your computer, or whatever. Maybe or your put mug. one on your dog. Yeah, put one on your mug. There you go. That's a great idea. That's what I'm gonna do. It could turn all my drinkware into BS wear. Actually, my dog could fit one of these because he just had surgery. He had like uh, seven fatty tumors removed from oh. his body all over his body one was the size of a softball no Dang. joking and so he looks like a catcher's mitt right now they were removed he has like stitches Dang. on all parts of his body a lot of shave spots so these stickers would be great for one of those all shave spots. the same spot yeah <laughs> so we like BSB, i would BSB, not BSB, do that BSB. i would not do that he's doing well though he's a trooper he's about okay. 10 years old wow um, How, what kind of dog is it uh german short hair pointer Oh, okay. He loves to run. He's my running buddy. Okay, um, okay. But since the tumors have been growing so big and now there's mm. surgery, he hasn't been able to run. But wow. I'm hoping to get him back out there okay, soon okay. enough. All right, cool. I'm glad to hear he's on the mend. Mm-hmm. So what we what we got on tap this week? Let's talk about Jonah. We Jonah. talked about the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, and that mm-hmm. has been a good episode for us. People have... Um, said that they liked that okay. and had been wanting to hear a little bit more um, like Bible stories. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Things from Scripture. So Jonah came to mind, and uh, we didn't talk about this really ahead of time too much, but um, why don't we go through uh, Jonah, through the story itself, and, um, um, and, and try to figure out how it relates to us today, because... Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that the book of Jonah has something for us, for our for our culture uh, today, even in these like very uh, uh, unrestful. Is that the, is that a word? I mean, these just very unrestful, evil. Yeah, these these times that we're in, and uh, 
like Jonah, it, it, it takes place, like scholars have placed it around the years like seven, uh, in the 700s uh, BC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one scholar, many scholars say it might have taken place during the reign of King Ashurdan, A-S-H-U-R-D-A-N, okay. Ashurdan, okay. Um, who was a king of Assyria. And Assyria was an empire by the northern um, kingdom of Israel, all right? And uh, Assyria was like their enemies. And Mm. Assyria was known all throughout the world of being just very hardcore, evil, wicked, kind of the things that they did, eating babies, Mm. impaling people. And like this is like archaeological stuff that like we have, the archaeologists have like... um, pictures and you know sculptures of kind of the the reputation reflecting the reputation of the Assyrians everyone hated the Assyrians maybe except for the Assyrians <laughs> but um in particular during the reign of Ashurdan um there was a lot of government uh, unrest going on anti-government riots happening mm-hmm. so within the king- kingdom itself things were kind of falling apart a lot of people were uh, against uh, the king in that and um there was a one particular uh, event where things really, where it really kind of freaked out the people, and that was there was a um, total solar eclipse. Mm. Okay, and that was in 763 BC on June 15th. I wow. found out. So June 15th, 763 BC, total solar eclipse really freaked everyone out, and they're like, and so some scholars think that maybe this combined with the message that Jonah brought. Oh, okay, okay, here's okay. where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Where Jonah came in, and maybe we'll retell the story, but when Jonah came in and said, hey, in 40 days this um, city, God's going to level you guys, between that preaching and the solar eclipse, people were like, okay, maybe we'll get right with yeah, God. There's some truth to this, though. Yeah, so, hmm. so maybe there's some truth to it. That could have catalyzed, helped catalyze the repentance. Yeah. So, book of Jonah. <coughs> How do we start off? We have uh, chapter one. Uh, Jonah flees the presence of the Lord. Can you do any recapping of what what went on in chapter one of Jonah? Yeah. Well, I mean, God says go to Nineveh and preach. Yeah. And Jonah goes in the opposite direction to Tarshish. Hops on the ship. He's on the ship. All of a sudden, like the waves and the wind and everything's turbulent on the ship and Everybody's like in calamity, freaking out. And where's Jonah? He's down in like the bottom of the ship, sound asleep. You know, so the captain comes. He's like, dude, like, what's going on, man? You down here sleeping? We about to like capsize and drown. Yeah. Was he depressed? Like, is that why he was sleeping? Um, I, I don't know. Was it? I mean, I can't I remember know. the circumstance. I think he's just he down just, there sleeping. Yeah. He was must be sleepy or something. He's he down fleeing there from his job. Uh, God told him to go preach, and yeah. he was disobeying God. So. Yeah, so he's down there, and then Jonah's basically like, uh, I know that I know why this is happening. <laughs> um, and apparently he had shared with them the instructions he got from God and how he decided not to go mm-hmm. with that. And then the guys are all like, man, like you, you're the cause of this? Man, what are we going to do? They're like throwing stuff off the ship and trying yeah. to like make it lighter. And, yep. and then Jonah's like, look, this is what you got to do. You got to throw me overboard and that'll solve your problems. They're like, what? This is a strange book, isn't it? It is a strange book, man. So basically, Jonah yeah. said, hey, my, my life to be a sacrifice for hmm. the greater good of everybody on this ship. Hmm. And so they decided to do it. They throw him over. And it turns out he was right. 
everything yeah. got back right for them. And then all of a sudden, in God's like grace and mercy towards Jonah, he allows him to be swallowed. But I always said big fish. Yeah. It probably is a whale. That would be the only yeah. type of creature we know of today that's in the water. But maybe there was some bigger sea creature back then. Yeah. I don't know. But I always just said big fish. It yeah. sounds funnier than a whale. So yeah. he gets swallowed up, and basically Jonah goes into a repentance mode. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the end of chapter one then. Yep. Repentance mode is chapter two. Yes, yes. Repentance right? mode is chapter two. So now he's like praying to God, this great prayer of repentance, and, and basically gets right with God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it makes reference to him being in Sheol, mm-hmm. um, you know, which this whole repentance part and the whole um, imagery of Jonah and what he went through in the big fish to Christ and him being in the grave three days and Jonah mm-hmm. was in the belly three days. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've heard sermons and stuff I've studied have kind of shown that this is like a, I can't remember the, what's the phrase that this would be called. Like, um, I don't know. It's not a prophecy. It's not like a, a theophany a or a type. Exactly yeah. right. Jonah's a type of Christ. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. And in Matthew 12, uh, this is th- that's the passage where math where Jesus says that he's like Jonah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So Jonah is brought up in the New Testament in Matthew. He is. He is. And so, yeah. you know, Jonah repents. Jonah gets right. And all of a sudden, what does God do? Spits him up right in Nineveh, <laughs> right where he wanted them to go to begin with. So, And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah yeah, vomited up. out upon the dry land. And that's, <clears throat> that's the end of chapter 2. Yep. So now we're in the chapter 3. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Yeah. So what happens there? Well, he, he goes, he preaches. He tells him, look, and was it 40 days? Yeah, was I think it? that's what in it 40 says. Days, 40 like days, if you don't yeah. get right, Now, these are my words, you know, for all you theologians and Bible scholars out there. He basically said, if you don't get right, God going to handle you. <laughs> you know, and you ain't going to like it. And so the king or whatever, he like sends this decree like everybody's putting on sackcloth, even like the animals and stuff. Like yeah. That. Like we're, we're everything that's living is going to be in repentance yeah. mode. Yeah. And they all repent and turn to the Lord. And it was like, it's definitely miraculous. You know, we knew that God wanted to have mercy on Nineveh mm-hmm. despite them killing children and all the other atrocities that they were known for doing. Mm-hmm. God wanted to have mercy on them, which is mm-hmm. why Jonah didn't want to go there yeah. in the first place. He yeah. didn't think they deserved it. Yeah. Um, what made him God? Who yeah. made him God? But anyway, they all get right. That's chapter three. And, and yeah. I think, in the, is it the end of chapter three where, where, or is it chapter four where now Jonah kind of gets an attitude? Yeah, right at the end of three, yeah. God saw and he relents. He doesn't do it. That's another whole issue we could talk about, God uh, relenting or repenting of what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. But then we go into chapter four, and uh, it says it dis- in verse one, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. <laughs> And so he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. And then he says, Oh, Lord, now it's basically better for me to die. Yeah, so now, like, this dude, I mean, I don't want to say he's, like, suicidal, but yeah. he went to guys throw him over the boat, and I get that point, right? Like, let's not let all these men and women, maybe women, die mm-hmm. because of my disobedience. Let me take responsibility and own up to that. But but that's not an easy thing to do, <laughs> to go to your death or so you think, and now this yeah. dude's wanting to die again. Yeah. So 
he 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 sits down. I'm trying to I'm trying to find this in my um yeah okay, I got it right here. So he was displeased, and it says he was angry, and he prayed to the Lord. Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my mm. country? You know, basically saying I knew you were gonna do this. I mm. knew you were a God of mercy, yeah. and I knew you would save these people. I don't believe they deserve it. That's why I went to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh. Mm. And it's like, at what point in our lives do we understand and know when God is telling us to do something, but yet we choose to want to do what we want to do for our own purposes mm -hmm. and reasons? Like, God is God. And who are we to, I mean, we cannot carry out God's plan, mm -hmm. right, and what he tells us to do. And there's consequences for mm -hmm. that. You know, and Jonah experienced the consequence mm -hmm. by being in a ship like that, getting swallowed by the the beast of a big fish and, and then he repents and everything's fine and now he's angry because they um you know they repented and all of them came because, to the Lord. Yeah, because God didn't wipe them out. Because God didn't wipe them <laughs> out, yeah. So then he goes and he sits down and he makes like a little shelter to yeah. shade itself from the sun. Booth. Yeah, and so he's sitting there and all of a sudden God just loving on Jonah yeah. grows this big plant up to yeah. help further shade him. Yeah. From the elements. I, I get that because our house where we live in uh, today, uh, we had these two big trees mm -hmm. that grew right over top of our house. So oh, okay. in uh, in the summertime, it's always cool in our house wow, because we have great. these two uh, trees there. Mm -hmm. Now, in the past year, both of them <laughs> were chopped down. And yeah. this is our first summer dealing with the heat. So I, oh, okay. I, I feel you, Jonah. I understand that. Yeah, so God creates this plant. And everything's good. It helps him to save him from his discomfort, it says in verse 6. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. Yeah. <clears throat> he didn't make the plant grow. Yeah. He didn't even, like, want the plant. He made a shelter for himself, but God gave him something mm. greater than what he did yeah. for himself. And then the next day a worm comes, destroys the plant, yeah. and now Jonah's upset again. Does it say that God appoints the worm? Yeah, God appointed a worm to attack the plant so that it withered. So That's God amazing. God appoints <laughs> A worm. Yeah, I like that. I like how they word that in the ESV. He appoints a worm. He, he appointed the fish. He appoints the waves. He appoints everything. So to me, that's even a picture a of God's little, sovereignty. Yeah, even a little tiny insignificant worm. Yeah. He yeah. appointed the king of Nineveh in chapter 3 to repent, to get mm. down off his throne. So from the highest to the lowest, God appoints. Yeah, God that's, gets what he wants. Yeah. Nothing and no one or anything can stop God. Mm -hmm. from what he wants to do because he's God. I mm -hmm. mean, to me, that's even the very, like, definition of God in a sense. Like, when I think of God, I think of a, mm -hmm. a power that's infinite that can do what it wants and nothing and no one can stop Yeah. It. What's your definition of God? The <clears throat> one who appoints the worm. <laughs> the one who appoints the worm. Yeah. yeah. So then, now, the sun rose. God now appointed a scorching east wind and the sun to beat down mm. on Jonah. And then it said, and he asked that he might die <laughs> and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Wow. Again. Again, death. It's like when extreme things happen, the first thing on Jonah's mind is die. I want to die. I want to die. I want to <laughs> yeah, die. Yeah, from chapter one on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, did Jonah really value and mm. understand how precious life is? Mm. Because when things didn't go well for him, he just wanted to throw in the towel. Yeah, and quit. And just quit, not just quit to die. Yeah, to die. Like that's the yeah, ultimate yeah. form of yeah. quitting. Like I can quit playing a game of basketball if I can't hit a shot yeah. or somebody's yeah. trash talking me and I'm getting mad. I can yeah. quit, but I'm gonna play probably another game or play another day. Yeah. But when you quit life, yeah, 
There ain't no like re-entering in. There's yeah. no coming out of the ground and saying, "Okay, I want to play again." I think we have like these mini death situations all day long, though. And we were just talking about this, mm. like <laughs> when things don't go our way, and we look back and we're like, "Oh, yeah. I wish I wouldn't have done that, or I wish this wouldn't have played out this way." And we just want to, you know, have a little mini death. Yeah, or <laughs> we pity. just want to quit. I see Jonah like wanting to die, like. I'm even wondering, is he literally wanting to die or is it just like he's being like a drama queen or something, mm-hmm. you know, like throwing a pity party, like pouting and got his arms folded up. And yeah, like, didn't get his way. Yeah. yeah, he's not getting his way, yeah. you know, so he could have literally wanted to die. I haven't looked that word up to see if it actually means like mm-hmm. to be dead, um, death. But um, the point is, like, he wants to check out, you know, and then verse nine, God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? Jonah goes, yes, I do well to be yeah. angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. Mm. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? Mm. You know, so it's like he's comparing these lives to this plant. Jonah had no control over those people being created. He had no control over mm-hmm. this plant being created. But yet, you want to be the boss. Mm-hmm. You want to call the shots mm-hmm. on these people, whether they live or die. You want to call the shots mm-hmm. on this plant, whether it lives or dies. And, and the, the, the commonality between the two is they're living things that only God can create. Mm-hmm. Thus, he's the one that has control, yeah. not us. Yeah, It reminds me of the parable that Jesus told about the, I think it was the laborer in the vineyard where you had this guy hired all these laborers at various points throughout mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Uh, some worked for all Eight day. Hours, yeah, hours, and some yeah. worked for just an hour, but they all got the same pay at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the people have been working all day complain and like, hey, we've been sweating it out and working all day, and you gave them the same amount of money, basically. Yep. And the owner was like, hey, it's, it's my money. <laughs> Yeah, and that's like, what you agreed to. That's what you agreed to. Yeah. Like, I, I can do what I want with it. And in the same way in Jonah, um, God's like, those are my people. This is my plant. This is all my stuff. Yep. I can do with it whatever I want to do with it. Yeah. That, what he said, what, what God said to Jonah reminds me of what he said to Cain. Uh, but mm. God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? Didn't God say something like that to Cain, like, about the sacrifice that Abel made. Yeah, and, and Cain, do you do well to be angry? And um, it's just that sense of, yeah, being resenting and, and f- full of self-pity that that will lead to sin. Sin will be crouching at your door ready to get you, as it was for Cain, right? Yeah, I like you said crouching. It makes me think of crouching tiger, hidden dragon. <laughs> you know, it's like it's crouching, waiting to spring out at you. It is. Now, like, it ends in chapter 4, the last verse, with this strange kind of sayings, these, these, these strange words. And I think, I, want, I just want to go into these words a little bit, because I think it might help us to understand uh, a little bit more. He says, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons, who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Like, that's how it ends. <laughs> Yeah, people who don't know their right hand from their left, and I just been sitting with that the last couple of days, thinking about it, and um, and thinking about the imagery of right hand and left hand. All right, and um, and how that could 
help us to not only have compassion on people, but also see our world today in that expression. So right hand and left hand in the Bible, okay? So right hand, what you do with your right hand. Now, if you're left-handed or right-handed, this doesn't matter. So, <laughs> so don't, don't jump on me for this. But this is just, as you'll see, it's like common biblical symbolism, mm -hmm. all right? So with the right hand, that's what you do to gather things to yourself, like the things that you want to bring closer to yourself, to your heart, to bless, to keep with you, that's your right hand. Your left hand is the things that you push away from yourself, that, you, that, aren't, that aren't good for you. Mm -hmm. You get rid of them, all right, that you don't want near your heart or near you. So a good example of this is um, in the Bible where Jesus tells uh, uh, the story of the sheep and the goats, all right? Mm. So the sheep are the ones that God with his right hand brings towards himself and the, with his left hand the goats he pushes mm. away, all right? Yeah. So that's a good example. Another example of right and left hand as you can see is in uh, Genesis 48 verse 14 and that's when uh, Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on his son Ephraim, who was younger. Now, normally your right hand you put on the older son because they're favored. Again, the idea of favoring something is your mm -hmm. right hand and the opposite is your left hand. But Israel switched his hands, all right? And so the point of that is, though, that there's real meaning behind right and left hands. And even like throughout the world in different cultures, uh, if you go to some countries, if you like shake someone's hand with your left hand, that's a huge insult. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because with your left hand, you wipe <laughs> yourself and get rid of the excrement from your body. Mm -hmm. And with your right hand, that's what you do to bring to eat, for instance, and bring food mm -hmm. to your mouth. I remember I had um, dinner with an Indian family once and they were all eating, you know, with their hands. And but I asked for a fork mm -hmm. and I was like, I was like, isn't that kind of gross, you know, eating with your hands? And he looked at me and he's like, with his right hand, he says, I know where this hand has been. I don't know where that fork has been. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so even, even today, right symbolizes feeding yourself, bringing mm -hmm. things to and left away. And uh, I even thought of uh, what people could relate to today, the Tinder app. Mm. Have you ever heard of swiping right? Or I have swiping heard of left? I've never done it. I've never done it or I've seen it. I've definitely heard swipe right. But this is just how ingrained in us from from millennia of his our history that this is mm -hmm. that there truly is something towards it. So you swipe right to keep something, yeah, right? Yep. And you swipe left to get rid of something yeah. that you don't like. Well, even like I re I know that I've heard older people tell me that growing up they would have been trying to write with their left hand and their parents or teachers would make them only write with yeah, their right. Yeah, You know, so yep. it's it's ingrained in our culture it's in America ingrained. big time. I think probably less now than it mm -hmm. was maybe 50 years ago. And I'm, just, and I'm just on a symbolic level, this is just what it means mm -hmm. uh, for, yeah. for, the, for the whole world over. This is what it means uh, universally. Yeah. So, so to say at the end of Jonah that, that these people don't know their right hands from their left hands, what I think that's saying is um, God's having compassion on them because they don't know 
And what are the good things in life and what are the bad things? They don't know the difference. They don't know no better. That's what they I don't know no is. better. Yeah, know that's better. right. So there's things throughout our life that we should want more of and have more of that make ourselves good, that we should bring close to us. Mm-hmm. But then we both know that there's things in life that we should keep at a distance, <laughs> like yeah. get rid of those things from our life. And that's just the, the nor- normal moral procedure that we take yeah. every day of our lives. What things should I pursue? What things should I get rid of? Yeah. Whether it's uh, what food you eat, exercise, what vices you try to get rid of, mm-hmm. things that are good for you, things that are bad for you. We, we have like a moral orientation, right? But God's saying these people have no moral orientation. They don't know. Yeah. In prison, they used to call the left hand the snake hand. Okay. You know, so if somebody <laughs> tried to like shook your hand yeah. and gave you some dappers, anything with the left hand, that was like the snake hand. Yeah. Like that was evil, like... That's perfect. Yeah, so that's exactly <laughs> that's what I think. Right hand has to do with righteousness and mm-hmm. rightness. Yeah. Left hand also has to deal with like uh, with sins of the flesh. Yeah. Is what it does. And now it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Okay. So won't won't, <laughs> won't go there. There's a lot of different application yeah. to it, but but people kind of get the idea. And this is like where I see the application to our culture today specifically, because we seem so like unanchored and unoriented and like people are like doing whatever they want to do they think they can be however they want to be mm-hmm. there's no like orientation that we have yeah we can do and be whatever we want and we think that if uh, we change some things and it's no big deal it won't affect us or the world mm-hmm. uh, and we're just completely like 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 Jonah floating in the sea, like tossing and turning uh, with the waves and having no anchor. And God has compassion on that. Yep, he does, man. We see that clearly, you know, that he has. I mean, he just got compassion, period, you know, but we definitely can clearly see that. A lot of things to see in Jonah. You know, one of the takeaways I've always had was um, that, you know, God is in control of things and, when things happen that we don't like, instead of us getting depressed or getting mm-hmm. angry and shaking our fist at God, um, we should just trust and know that God knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. And even though we don't know why he's doing what he's doing, um, that's where our trust and faith has to um, step into mm-hmm. our lives. Like recently here in one of the suburbs, we had a you know a mass shooting in a very affluent suburb mm-hmm. where I think like seven, eight people got killed yeah. and others yeah. even got shot. And yeah. it's like, well... The question people want to ask is why? Mm-hmm. And the answer some people have is take guns away. Limit certain types of guns that mm-hmm. can be bought. You know, it's all surrounding the gun. Mm-hmm. The gun is innocent. Mm-hmm. It's the hand that it's in mm-hmm. makes it good or bad. And so I'm not advocating for gun rights or to take away gun rights, but the the heart yeah. is the reason why. And when a person kills innocent people, we don't know why mm-hmm. God like or allowed mm-hmm. that to take place. Yeah, and like it's not just the thing. It's not just the gun itself. It's like it's the per- it's the person who doesn't know their right hand from their left hand. Not that they're not responsible, but that person is placed in this culture right now that is unmoored and unanchored and saying that anything and everything goes. And we're seeing how that plays out. Yep. Okay. I, it, it, that is a good example, though. <laughs> Uh, if you just want to make it hit close to home of, of like we can see why Jonah wanted to flee because it's as if uh, like say you have a mass shooter 
Now say God appoints you to go to that mass shooter and to preach yeah, to him gospel, yeah. and share the gospel. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, he don't I, deserve, he, he deserves to die like that's the right. people. He deserves to die, you know, eight times over yep. for the people he can. He deserves to pay. Mm-hmm. And that is completely normal. I mean, that's how I feel. That's pro- I mean, that's yeah, how most like of us yeah. may feel, yeah. you know, at times. Uh, but God says, no, go to that person. And um, and preach to them. Yeah, that's why I want to love that person. Yeah, that's why I, that's I believe one of the reasons I find difficulty in getting volunteers to go into the jails and prisons with me is because, and, mm. and you know, I'm not I'm not asking unsaved people to go share the gospel in a jail and yeah. prison because they need the gospel first, right? So as Christians that I'm asking, and I think that oftentimes. Um, it's because a lot of people don't think those people are worthy or deserve mm. to hear the gospel because of the atrocious things they've mm-hmm. done. And it's like a person that thinks like that, that is a Christ follower, mm-hmm. um, is really immature in their understanding of the scripture because we should know that there's no sin greater than the other in God's mm-hmm. eyes. All of it has the same eternal consequence. And if God has forgiven us for our sin, and if we've repented and confessed he has, Mm -hmm. then our sins are no greater than the guy that's sitting in a jail or a prison. They need to hear the gospel, too, and have the opportunity to, like, follow Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it it really irks me, you know, when people, and nobody comes out and says that. Mm. But and there's other reasons why people don't. But I'm sure there's people that do have this viewpoint, and it's just like, man, how, how selfish that is, yeah. you know? That kind of like Jonah, yeah. he's selfish. Like I know God, I'm God's prophet, I'm His man, yeah. and these people are like below scum of the earth. They don't deserve to to serve and know the God that yeah. I know and serve. Yeah. It's like, who are you? And I'm too good to go there. Yeah, as like well. who are you? Like yeah. your sin, like condemns you to hell, just like theirs does. Mm. But God has chosen you to be his man to go there and present the good news to them. And and you're going to say no because Mm -hmm. they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you all messed up and twisted. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of Jonas running around here on this planet, I believe, that's so Mm -hmm. messed up and twisted because. Like in the church, you're saying. Oh, I'm talking specifically in the church. I'm not talking about people out of the church because it makes sense for them to have that rationale. Right. Yeah, That's true. If I wasn't in Christ. Like when somebody killed my father, I wanted to go kill them dudes. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no confession, repentance, redemption, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. No, it was unrest in my heart. Mm-hmm. Just like the saying goes, unforgiveness is like drinking poison waiting on your enemy mm-hmm. to die. Like mm-hmm. I was all about wanting to kill them dudes and them dudes didn't even probably know I existed. And you were like 13, 15. 15. Yeah, so I mean, I had guns. I had a means to do it, but they was locked up, mm-hmm. you know, but... My point is, like, people in the world, it's understandable to me how they want abortion, how they want to be for same sex, whatever, Mm -hmm. how they want um, a person to pay when they kill someone Mm -hmm. and their life be taken. It makes all the sense in the world why a person would Mm -hmm. think like that. Mm -hmm. But for a Christ follower, they should be thinking quite the contrary. Mm Even if it's touched them personally, mm-hmm. they should be all about thinking, let me get past what my feelings and my flesh is telling me because I'm hurt, mm-hmm. I'm sad, I'm angry. Let me get past that and let me get the truth to the truth of God's mm-hmm. word. Yeah. Then I need to be gracious towards them. I need to humble myself and not be prideful. And maybe it's not me that's going to go share the gospel mm-hmm. with my person that offended me or like killed my loved one or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm going to pray that the Lord will send somebody mm -hmm. to them. And I'm going to pray the Lord will soften their heart mm -hmm. and that they'll be receptive to mm -hmm. Christ. So like that 21-year-old kid mm -hmm. that sniped those people, like my prayer is that God soften this man's heart. Mm -hmm. Help him understand like that he is in the very throes of sin mm -hmm. by what he did. And he's caused a lot of pain and a lot of harm. And God sent, some, sent someone to him. And would God, would God forgive him? Absolutely. I mean... Yeah, absolutely he yeah, would. Yeah, absolutely he would. I mean, that's that's the message that that Jonah has. Yeah, Hundred twenty thousand people that said, yeah, you know, came to Christ. Yeah, you know, came to God. Bad people. Bad people. Yeah. Murderous people. Yeah, yeah. Just like this guy. I like how you put it, and this illustrates the right and the left hand too. Where if you're if you're not a Christian, if you're just in the world. You think you know what is right, right? Mm, that's the yep. right hand, yes. right? Yeah, like yep. they should get, and that that's all. That's also an illustration of the, the right hand, like um, to be to be, I guess, perfect, righteous. That's it. But then God comes along and He reorients our right and our left hands, mm -hmm. yeah. because God has a, in a sense, a right and a left hand in this story as well, mm -hmm. where God says the Ninevites instead of. Instead of thinking of them as excrement that I push away from myself, yeah. no, I'm going to bring the Ninevites close to my heart because I love them. That's what's right. Yeah. And and um, and anybody who's against that, Jonah, and that, I'm you know, I'm going to shove away with my with my left hand. So God re reorients the gospel reorient reorients uh, what we know of right and left. To begin with. Yeah, I mean, it flips the world it flips it. on his head, you know, and what we think is right is wrong. What we think is wrong is right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's, that, that's what God does, you know, because yeah. he is compassionate. Yeah. You know, he had compassion on those people. He had compassion on Jonah by not letting him die in the, in the you know, in the water, mm -hmm. by swallowing by a big fish. Compassion by not letting him die in the fish's belly. Mm -hmm. Even compassion towards him when he was upset that uh, the Ninevites came to mm -hmm. him, to God. Then compassion on Jonah when he was upset because mm. the plant withered after the yeah. wor appointed worm ate it. Yeah. Like God keeps this. Jonah is a book of compassion. God shown his compassion yeah. and his love from the start. People think that God is not a God of compassion, but just of, of judgment. But like throughout Jonah, God is the one with compassion and Jonah people are the one with judgment. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We're right. the ones with judgment. We're yeah. the haters. We the haters, man. Yeah. The haters going to hate. That's what they do. <laughs> haters going to hate. Check out, though, what in chapter three, uh, the response of the city and of the king of Nineveh and what they do. Because I think this is important to just meditate on a little bit, too. Because on the one hand, we are saying that God has compassion. He'll forgive you no matter what. Like he, he can love the whole world. But that doesn't. That's not the same thing as saying, um, well, God will love you, you no, no matter what you do, um, so just keep on doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, I'm not saying that yeah, because correct. when they get the message, the message always starts with uh, repent, basically. It always mm -hmm. starts with if you don't get right, <laughs> then you're going to perish. And so then what they do, they don't say, oh, well, God will forgive us, so we'll just keep doing what we do. But no, they like have this big ordeal, starting with the king, where the king gets down off his throne. That's mm -hmm. significant. Yeah. Gets down off his throne, and then it, he, um, he basically 
fakes his own death, okay? <laughs> and mm. I say that because that's what the, these actions of uh, putting on sackcloth, covering yourself with ashes, mm. that's what that is yeah. meant to do. So a sackcloth is something that you put on a dead body. Mm. And ashes, you know, that's like the dirt when you cover up a dead body in the ground. And then you fast so you don't eat because dead people don't eat. Yeah. So they go through this ritual of basically faking their own deaths, of basically showing that... Um, I'm repenting. Yeah, I'm not holding correct. on to my life. Correct, correct. I'm getting down off my uh, the throne of my life, and all my people are too. I'm recognizing that our ways are not good. Mm-hmm. We want to die to our ways, and we want uh, we're throwing ourselves at the mercy of the yeah. Lord. It's almost symbolic, like baptism is symbolic. Yeah, like the old man dying and yep. the new man coming up out of the water. It's yep. like after the sackcloth and ashes of the death of this person. Now we come out of this. Mm-hmm having repented and turned away from our sin <clears throat> to not live a life consecrated to God. And that's hinted at also in, in uh, Jonah himself going into the water. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He went into the water and he, yep. and he, he was baptized <laughs> in <laughs> the belly. death of a fish. Belly, yeah. <laughs> I like how it said in, in chapter 3 that um, one, um, the king gave a decree for all of the nobles, the beasts, the herd of flock that they don't eat or drink anything yeah and then let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call almighty the god it was like the king was saying everything that's living beast yeah. and human yeah we're all repenting yeah we're all we and we want to be cleansed yeah we don't want to leave no stone unturned yeah. you know so if the animal's been sinful like we want to get the animal yeah. to repent yeah you know so we, we want everything to be different mm-hmm. and we want all of us from from me the king to the lowliest thing yep. is being a herd or a flock yep. that we all want to repent of our ways and, and serve the Lord. And so that's a true form of repentance right it there. Is. You know, it's turning the exact opposite direction of sin you were going in and now turning towards God. So mm. I like how you put that. Leave no stone unturned yeah. when it comes to repentance. Yeah. It may seem like awkward or funny, mm. like do I really need to go to these extremes? But when you're in the mode of repentance, mm. Turn over every stone. Yeah, every I I always like to think of it as uh, a mountain where God is at the very top or peak of your mountain, and mm. it's like we want to turn, return, reorient everything back towards the top of the mm. mountain. Yeah, every stone at the bottom back back facing yeah. back the top again. Even the king who's at the top. Yeah, um, I like the end of verse eight when the king says, "Let everyone turn from his evil." Oh, wait, is this the king talking? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Let everyone turn from That's the evil way turning. and from the violence that is in his mm-hmm. hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. You know, I just that to me that that's that I, you know, humility. Yeah. You know, it's being humble, man. Let us let us turn away and perhaps God may relent and turn from his fierce anger so we may not may not perish. And in this instance, like God did exactly what, what he said he mm-hmm. would. You know, if Jonah went and was obedient to God, which he ended up doing mm-hmm. the second time. Then God, you know, gave these guys opportunity and they mm-hmm. took it. And these guys don't, I mean, the Ninevites don't have like this explicit understanding of who God is. Like yeah. they don't have Wayne Grudem's systematic mm-hmm. theology, <laughs> you know, 1200 page book. Yeah, they, they don't, yeah. there's, there's doubt, there's uncertainty, there's a who knows factor yeah. to it, but that's okay. Yeah. They're reorienting themselves to God well, here's uh, based a, on the knowledge that they have. Here's a question I want to throw at you, and, and, and not to call it a monkey wrench, but for lack of a better way of saying it, here's a monkey wrench. So so we know that God told Jonah to go do this. 
what if God like what if the people didn't repent mm-hmm. and they died you know God you know did something disastrous and like wiped them all out mm-hmm. like now what like how do we view God now Jonah would have been happy <laughs> Jonah would have been happy although his motive was wrong he yeah. would have been happy because yeah. God did what he selfishly wanted to happen but what does that say about God so if if God would have sent Jonah and Jonah would have preached but yet they didn't turn from their ways. What does that say about God? Yeah, well, I'm saying, and, and and if they didn't turn from their ways, and then he would have wiped them all out, mm-hmm. what would be our view of God at that point? Hmm. Would he be a just God? Would he be a merciful? Would he be a compassionate God? Yeah, I think he would be a just God in that in that circumstance. He wouldn't be unjust because yeah, yeah, people yeah. are wicked there. Doing any, there's consequences. There's consequences for, for sin for sure. I mean, if you if you drive your car into a tree, <clears throat> there's there's consequences. Yeah. Well, it's the reason just a I, natural reality. The reason I ask is because that seems to be that seems to happen quite regularly here, like on our planet, but even mm-hmm. in the United States, where calamity happens. People are dying for various reasons, mm-hmm. and people want to question. Again, like I said earlier, like, why, God? Why is this happening? And so mm-hmm. that doesn't make God not a just God, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. Does it make him not compassionate? I would say that more than likely, like, the years that the people who are going through what they're going through have had opportunity to mm-hmm. turn to God, but they choose not to. God has had compassion mm-hmm. on them for all that time. And we don't... And we don't know everything. <laughs> I Correct. mean, obviously, because Correct. like, who are we to define what the most compassionate thing for God to do is? So, on mm, the one hand, great point. On the one hand, we know that I mean, this book illustrates that God is full of compassion. So mm. we know that that's His character. Okay. Correct. Yep. So this, I mean, in that case, it could have been. We're just speculating a case where you had this one city of 120,000 people in Nineveh who are extremely wicked. Okay, God wipes them out. Mm-hmm. All right, but then you have these 20 cities all around them with with 20 times the people, and they look at that and they say, "Hmm, those were wicked people. We better get right. I we better all get right with God." Mm-hmm. And, and that could have been a very merciful thing way of God having compassion on 20 additional cities correct by letting millions of people millions of people yeah that's you know, right. we've so who seen, knows we've seen God act this way before with Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. we've seen him act like this before the flood where mankind's wickedness and evilness have caused mm-hmm. God's judgment to befall on them mm-hmm. that doesn't make God not just like not not compassionate yeah. right he's still all those same things but the question is, we don't understand why God chooses to do a lot of the things that he chooses mm-hmm. to do when he chooses to do them. And we don't understand that, especially because we don't know our right hand from our left hand. We're not always properly oriented. Yep. yep. Like, we don't know. No, you're we're, right. And we got the flesh yeah. and our emotions that's yeah. driving us a lot of yeah. times away from God. We got our wicked, evil minds that are yeah. selfish that's driving us away from knowing right and left. And then we got external forces like mm-hmm. Satan and his demons. And then we got mm-hmm. other human beings like Job had in his life mm-hmm. when calamity fell mm-hmm. him that were trying to basically say, dude, what's, why, why are you yeah. messing with this guy? Like, look at all this stuff mm-hmm. around you that's happening. So we have a lot of forces trying to disorient us mm-hmm. from knowing the right and the left. But if, like, I mean, reading Jonah, if God is in charge of all these forces, from the king to the worm, appointing the worm, then I had better 
believe that God is behind consequences too. Amen. There's like a Amen. phrase that I've um, been using <laughs> a lot lately, a lot lately, and it has to do with natural consequences. Like sometimes natural consequences are the best teacher. Mm-hmm. Now I say that tongue in cheek because God sets up consequences, and maybe they are so like if um, so like you have a child, and let's say. They don't set their alarm clock the right way or set multiple alarm clocks, and so they're late for school or late for whatever, Mm -hmm. late for work. You could bail them out every day, but or you could simply let them them be late for their job and face the quote-unquote natural consequences because that will be the best teacher. You know, when the boss is upset, when they lose their job, when they get docked, whatever, sometimes that's the very best teacher in, in the form of most compassion. So... So who knows, you know, <laughs> as, yeah, as the king says, it's tough. Uh, who knows? Um, I think to me, the the end result for us as Christ followers is we just need to have faith in God, you know, and not who 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 are we to question God? Mm-hmm. That's basically what Jonah was doing. God, you want me to go preach to these people? He's questioning why they're wicked, even people. Man, it's not for you to question. You didn't mm-hmm. create those folks. You just need to be obedient. Mm-hmm. And that's what I believe we need to be. We need to be obedient. And God has given us so many examples in his word of how we should conduct ourselves and posture our hearts before him and to have faith and trust that he knows what mm-hmm. he's doing. And when people die, we trust that he knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. When people are born, it's like they say, when a person dies, we should be celebrating and happy that they're going to be with Christ, you know, if they've accepted mm-hmm. him. And when a baby's born, we should cry. But again, it's the right and the left mm-hmm. being disoriented. Yeah. Right? We're all yeah. joyous and yeah. happy when a baby's born. It's like, man, like, that's not a bad thing. But wow, man, it's so wicked and evil mm-hmm. in our land. Like, it's going to be a big chore mm-hmm. raising this child amongst all these things that are trying to pull it away mm-hmm. from God. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that may be a little extreme, but, mm-hmm. you know, the point is, like, we're disoriented a lot of times and have things backwards. Yep. But it all comes down to faith and trust. Mm-hmm. And we just got to have that. And I think the message also for today's world is there's plenty of groups and camps of people where we look at the other group, the other camp, and uh, we say they're so wicked, so bad, you don't want to have anything to do with them. But God is calling us to have compassion, to... Um, to care for and love them um, just as much. Yeah, and our it's a sin, big, it's a big lesson. Our sin as a believer is no less wicked than the sin of a non-believer. No less wicked. Yeah, that's true. So me committing the sin as Lewis Dooley right mm-hmm. now, a Christ follower, is no less wicked than this guy that sniped those people. Mm-hmm. No less wicked. God hates it all. Mm-hmm. And his judgment is for all. Now, I, I won't have to pay eternal consequences for my sin but depending on what my sin is I may pay consequences here on earth mm-hmm. as a result of what I'm doing mm-hmm. um, just like this guy's going to have natural consequences by mm-hmm. being arrested and you know if Illinois had the death penalty no doubt he'd get the death penalty mm-hmm. he'd probably go to prison for the rest of his life and that's a natural consequence mm-hmm. but the same guy that saw fit to save me when I was in prison can be the same guy that can save that man that's in mm-hmm. prison despite the sin that we have. Mm-hmm. So that's a great, that's that's good news. Where do you see the gospel in Jonah? Oh, man. I, I mean, I kind of almost feel like, where don't I see it? Okay. You know, it's more like, to me, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, from the minute God tells him to go to Nineveh, you know, it's to, for those people to be delivered from their sins and repent mm-hmm. and turn towards God. And that's, 
That's what the gospel is. It's understanding that we're sinners, mm-hmm. which when Jonah preached, the king recognized, I'm a sinner. All of us are sinners. Mm-hmm. And we want to even cover the animals just yeah. in case they sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they recognized they were sinners and then they repented the sackcloth, the ashes. Mm-hmm. We want to die to self, mm-hmm. die to our wicked, evil ways. And maybe God, just maybe he will relent and God chooses to relent. Hmm. So, I mean, just right off the top, I also see, you know, even in Jonah personally, you know, he he sins against God by going the opposite direction. God reaches out to him. Right. And compassion and love and and saves his life by swallowing him by a big fish and giving Jonah maybe one last chance to get right. You know, and and he got right. And then God used him despite his sin Mm -hmm. to still carry out his work. And then he did what he did, and Ninevites did what they did. And, and just like us, we repent, but then we still sin again. Mm-hmm. And Jonah sinned again by being upset that God saved those folks. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like it's, it's like, I don't know where it's not at. It seems yeah. like it's all through yeah. this. Yeah, I agree. Great book for our times today. Yeah, it is. It really is. So, man, well, we've been going on about Jonah. Um, most of you probably have heard of Jonah, maybe even read the book of Jonah. Man, if you have any other thoughts and comments or something that we may um, have not talked about or maybe something you're questioning about, huh, I never heard that. Or I really don't understand that, man. Feel free to email us at bumperstickerfaith at gmail.com. You can drop a comment um, on YouTube if you watch the video. And uh, if you think this has been good, maybe there's somebody in your life right now that's going through something. And they need to understand that um, in God's sovereignty, he has compassion mm-hmm. on people. He's a just God, and he does mm-hmm. believe in second, third, fourth, and fifth chances because mm-hmm. we can see God give Jonah chance after chance. Then share share this video or the, the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, um, whichever place you listen or watch. And, uh, man, it's been a blessing being with y'all today. So um, take care, and God bless. God bless. God bless.